Hello listeners and welcome to the Chosen Group podcast. I'm your host Ian McNally and this is the podcast where guests talk their way through their six beers that changed everything. Now before I get into the episode, I just want to say a big thank you. I launched the podcast last month and um, it just so happened that Apple iTunes gave it the go-ahead on the 13th of December. So I will be releasing the podcast on the 13th of each month. Uh, It just so happens that this episode is Friday the 13th, so hopefully nothing can go bad. But um, I just want to say a big thank you to everybody for downloading. And I know a lot of you have been telling your friends, and I know some of you have even grabbed their friends' phones off them and not just told them about the podcast, but physically downloaded it for them so that they could have a listen. And also a big thanks to anyone who has spent the effort just to give it a review on Facebook. And Brew Novice, you were the first in to review it on iTunes. So thank you very much for that. It's really appreciated. It helps it get into more hands, the podcast, and gives it a bit more exposure. And it also gives me plenty of encouragement to keep making them. So really appreciated. Thank you for doing that. You can follow the chosen brew on instagram and facebook and twitter and all of those things or you can get in touch with me through the website thechosenbrewau.com just one last thing i'll let you know about as a few listeners have requested i have put the beers in the show notes at the bottom so on your iphone if you scroll down when you're on the podcast on the episode at the very very bottom Uh, There is a little spoiler alert as well there to just warn you in case you don't want to find out before um, you listen to the episode. I've put the each beer in order that they were chosen and also a link to the brewery. So hopefully that is of use. And thank you very much for that feedback as well. Anything that we can do to make the episode better or make you listen better, then please let me know. Send me an email at thechosenbrewau at gmail.com or contact me through the website thechosenbrewau.com I'm not going to tell you too much about this episode except Dan Dainton Dainton Family Brewery let's get on with it Hello listeners and welcome to the Chosen Brew podcast. Um, my name is Ian McNally and this is the podcast where guests talk their way through their six beers that changed everything. Today I'm sat in the Dainton Family Brewery with none other than the mastermind behind the brewery, Dan Dainton. Welcome Dan. Thank you Ian and I'm glad you could make it back after I uh, ditched you last time. Yeah, Dan stood me up last time but that's uh, that's okay, treat him mean. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, look, he, I'm pretty sure he got to drink a couple of beers on me, so it wasn't all bad, and, you know, probably uh, gave me a bit more time to prepare, which I didn't do, so, um, yeah, here we go. <laughs> well, one of those beers that uh, I did walk away with very kindly was the Black IPA, yep. which was fantastic. Good. I, I mean, obviously, it tasted a little bit better because it was free. Yeah, for sure, they, <laughs> they tend to, yeah. But that is a very fruity Black IPA. Mm-hmm. That really came... Like, often the black IPAs can side on the medicinal, um, but this one was definitely sure. towards the more approachable side. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, look, it's it's very, uh, very dominant with uh, some Kiwi hops. A lot of Nelson going in at the end, which gives it that fruit salad character. 
Uh, there's a little bit of Rawaka and uh, Mochueka going into the middle, which can give it um, probably a bit more of um, a citrusy, a little bit of lime um, character throughout there as well. Um, so, yeah, look, those Kiwi hops punch really well. Um, so, you know, those in a black IPA, um, happy with that? Well, you might be able to hear a little bit in the backgrounds that we're, we're in a, a working premises here. Um, Dan, can you paint a bit of a picture of where we're sat today and how in a relatively short time you've gotten here? Yeah, relatively short. Um, <laughs> <laughs> feels like a lifetime. Um, yeah, so we are sitting um, in front of our bar. Uh, we've got 12 taps um, that pour mostly our beer. We've got a couple of guest ones on the cider as well. As you sort of look through the bar to um, to my right, you're looking at our 30 hectolitre system here, and it's, well, we've probably got about 850 square metres. Um, at the moment, it's probably about... Oh, and they're quarter filled up with tanks um, and brewing equipment. Uh, the rest, we've got sort of dry storage and some barrels. Um, so, yeah, that's sort of what we're looking at. Um, it's quite a large building, um, from what I can tell, anyway. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, it, look, it serves uh, really well as a production facility for us. Um, we have a cask um, ACS1 uh, canning line there in the background. Um, and we've got a um, automatic keg uh, washer filler as well, uh, and yeah, then we've uh, really got a, a full functioning bar which allows us to sort of showcase our beers and um, you know have a, a venue for, for people to come in and enjoy and, and have an experience they can walk away with that's uh, enjoyable, hopefully. And you've also this system here is it's not a one size all; it's a purpose built system. Is that right? As purpose-built as a Chinese one can be, yes. Um, <laughs> and, uh, look, it was custom-designed. Uh, and, look, we had to do a fair bit of redesigning when it came back over. Though, um, look, it's, it's punching out um, you know, pretty much what it should be as far as sort of yield goes. Um, and the beers are tasting um, pretty good, um, you know, compared to what we've, we've made in the past. Well, I think they're probably tasting better now than they have ever, which is which is nice. Um, you know, it's just when you get a little bit of control over your own thing, you can you can tweak it the way that you want. You, you can hone your skills in on your own equipment. Not saying that anywhere else that we've brewed beer wasn't fantastic. Um, it, was, it was great, but you know, now that we're here doing our own thing, we can add our own sort of little finishing touches on stuff, which and is great. Was there any particular reason why you uh, you were compelled to custom build? Right, I'm sure. I presume it was more expensive to no. custom build. It wasn't? Sure not. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no, no. As in the space itself or the actual brewery? I, I suppose a, a little bit of both. Is there anything yep. in particular about the way that you brew or your beers that you um, really have a demand for an actual um, specification of equipment uh, beyond um, something else? Yeah, look, uh, there was definitely the idea of having an oversized mash tun to allow for high-gravity brewing. Um, and doing bigger, bigger beers, so higher ABV, and then an oversized whirlpool as well. Um, so we could get a lot more sort of hops uh, into the whirlpool. You know, we, we do a lot of American-style beers, so they are uh, they are generally hoppier. We probably don't go too big on the ABV um, or alcohol content. We just find that um, the, the 
people want to be able to session beers and you know when you start getting a bit loose after a couple god knows i've been there many times apologies to anyone who's seen me um yeah yeah look it's it's just a little bit different um in australia sort of what the customers want they kind of still want the hops and the flavor without a lot of you know the six seven eight nine ten percent um abv and also it we get stung with excise tax too. Yes. So, you know, that, um, that's kind of the way that the system, um, you know, we designed the system. And when it came over, we probably should have got a bigger kettle as well. Uh, anyway, we didn't. So, look, being Chinese made, uh, you know, it's not without a few little flaws, though it, it did save us quite a lot of money. Um, we'll probably lose all that money on having lower efficiency over a couple of years, but whatever, you know, <laughs> you are, win some, you lose some. <laughs> Live for yeah. the moments. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. Uh, we've, well, we've got what we've got. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. The beer's okay. Well, I think it's better than okay. I think um, the, that well, you're talking about the lower percentage beers. There's, I think there's been a real trend recently for those sort of sub 4% sure. beers. Mm-hmm. And, and you've certainly, you're counting the uh, session yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, session yeah. So, mm-hmm. and that is coming up really, really well. Um, which uh, I, I really, being British, I really love the trends for sub four percent beers because that's yep. kind of what I'm used to. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was quite surprised when I got over to Australia and certain trying the American beers, how strong they are. Um, I sound very uh, lily livered here, but uh, certainly I think. Um, I really love that push towards the lower percentage beers. And sure. um, do you think you'll bring out more to, to that end, or is it just? Yeah, yeah. Look, um, I, th- I think our core range probably won't evolve too much. Um, we'll probably see, uh, we'll definitely see more cans come out. Um, probably not another core range low ABV one, but definitely experiment with some other styles as well. Um, you know, we haven't got say. A, a, a stout in the core core lineup yet, or um, a porter. So you know, I think a lower ABV, darker beer is probably you know something that would definitely be looking at. Um, to me, that's of interest. Being able to session a stout throughout winter sounds good. Excellent. So um, Dan, the reason we're here today is uh, to talk through your chosen brew, uh, the six beers that changed everything for you. So yep. it's kind of your ultimate six pack, the the beers that really enlightened you on your on your beer journey. Um, so we'll start off uh, first beer. Sure. Um, I don't know if this would be my ultimate six pack, but if it's going to be beers that got me to where I am, can I? Yeah, can I beers. Do that? It, this yeah. is it. It's kind of like your your ultimate formative six pack. Not the sure. not the best six beers you've ever had, <laughs> but the beers that got to you where you are today. Uh, all right, cool. Well, look, we're going to start with um, probably going to start with um, the beer that uh, changed it all for me, I suppose. Which. Um, as a young chap growing up in country Victoria, you're either drinking VB or um, Carlton um, Draft in Stubbies. Um, for some reason, if you went to the uh, the grammar school, you'd drink Carlton Cold. So I don't know what those guys are <laughs> on. But anyway, um, we were drinking that, and a mate came back from uh, Europe and uh, brought a whole heap of different um, different beers back, and we were sort of going through tasting, and most of the guys just hated it, and they're like, oh, they're medicinal. Oh, yuck, it just, oh, it's got some kind of weird flavour to it and I loved them I was like oh this is great you know there's a 7% one and some other crazy Christmas one and um, went through a bunch of them and you know looking back now probably wasn't uh, something so extravagant but the beer was Carlsberg um, so <laughs> I think the one that got me was Carlsberg Lager or Pilsner or whatever the hell they call it so um, that's probably the first one that's going to go in and um, yeah uh, 
I certainly don't drink a lot of it now. Um, but you know, it was it was a beer that got me away from um, the domestic Australian beers, I suppose, into something new. Yeah, well, Carlsberg, I think. Um Probably not the best beer in the world, but probably the best advertising campaign because all their advertising starts mm. with the word probably. Mm. And, um, yeah, I think their adverts are much better than the beer. <laughs> well, <laughs> and, you know, that they're probably uh, probably making and a little bit more money than we are too. So, uh, you know, <laughs> probably maybe we can uh, take a leaf out of their book and do some more uh, marketing. Yeah, I think... Uh, and not make crap of beer. But, um, yeah, yeah, there's definitely something to be learned, but... Um, Excellent. So I think Carlsberg is Danish, I think, isn't it? It is, is Danish, right? yeah. yeah. So, um, In fact, the uh, the lager yeast is Carlsberg Genesis, I believe, hmm. is the uh, scientific name or the species name for it. So wow. it gives you a clue as to where it came from. Yeah, I remember it was very popular in the UK, Carlsberg, and uh, they did bring out uh, Carlsberg Export as well. I remember a lot of excitement Ooh. about that. It, it didn't t- <laughs> taste very different, <laughs> and no. it was was brewed in the same uh, like provincial English town mm-hmm. in an yeah, yeah. in industrial factory, but it was export, apparently. Across the street, yes. <laughs> so, I get it. Yeah, I think the tagline was uh, so good the Danes hate to see it leave, but it definitely was brewed in England. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'm writing notes, actually, on all this stuff. So yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, second choice. Mm. Um, most of these are beers that I probably got when I was a, a younger chap living in Shepparton. Uh, I did leave Shepparton when I was 18, so might have been underage drinking a little bit. But, um, Chimay Blue um, was another one that really it was available for one, and uh, it was just something very different and very unique. Um, being uh, what is it? it's actually is it a double or a whatever it is? Basically, an Abbey style double, I believe. Um, or actually, no, it's not. Abbey, it's a trapeze, isn't it? Jeez, it's been a long time since I've spoken about. It. But um, just a cracking beer. Um, it's still great. You know, there's probably better examples of it out there that you can get now, but. Um, I think it was a 9.7% um, style trapeze beer, dark, got dark fruit characters, just some beautiful yeast flavours in there, made by monks, um, you know, large bottle with a cork. Uh, that was, yeah, another one that really sort of um, got my interest peaked in brewing, and yeah, it was great. When you first tried the Chimay, um, I mean, what, why were you buying that? What what was uh, sort of, or did it get put in front of you, or did you uh, seek it out? You um, after I after I uh, had my thrill with Carlsberg, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I started hunting down every beer that I could basically find. Um, so I was going through everything, um, and it just happened to be one of the few ones that was there. And I think Three Monts, which is a another French style. Um, might be a lambic or a gers or something. It's something very weird. But I remember drinking that and I hated it. And then drinking the Chimay alongside, just going, "Yeah, that's that's my thing." <laughs> um, so it was probably just about availability, really, yep. and um, being being quite unique. And were, were you getting these beers uh, in Shepparton? In was there any particular um, um, bottle shop that was doing sort of special yeah. speciality beers, boutique beers, I think they used to call them. They might have called them boutique beers, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure it's called Liquor Works in Shepparton now. Uh, but, yeah, I can't quite remember. I just remember there being quite a few English ones and, you know, yeah, yeah. Tetley's was very intriguing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, and uh, look, when I got to uni, there was definitely more around and 
I'll chat about my next one, which probably just popped in my head then. But do it. Let's yeah. do choice three. Yep, sure. Uh, I don't know if they're still making it or not, but it was um, Redback from Matilda Bay. So there used to actually be a microbrewery on Flemington Road um, in Melbourne, Redbacks. And um, I shut down probably 10 years ago now, but apparently they were making beer there and they'd only make this um, Hefeweizen and um, you drink it with orange or lemon in a big glass and it was fancy and you're at Union, you thought you were awesome. Um, and yeah, that was probably another one that just really, you know, just started thinking that I actually just, just much better beer, more interesting beer out there to drink and um, I drank a lot of Hefeweizens for a long time. Um, I haven't probably drunk one in about five years, but um, yeah, that was probably you know, number three when I was um, moved down to to Melbourne to go to uni. That was um, quite available and yeah, very, very different to, to a lot of other stuff that was sort of you know, made in Australia anyway. Because it kind of strikes me that the people who are um, of a certain vintage that would have been a, a yeah, as I say, a special beer that is, um, you know, had fruit in for a start, which was yep. the presentation was quite a bit different. But also, um, it's a lot that people seem to reminisce quite a bit about. I don't know I about Redbacks. Yeah, I think so, like I don't know. Maybe it's because it was one of the few sort of truly European style. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, and not Something a lot different. of Australian Hefeweizens have been made. Um, mm. Certainly not a lot of good ones. Um, yeah, and look, who knows? Like, it was it was its own pub called Redbacks, so maybe there was that. But it was pretty sure it was made at Matilda Bay um, in WA before it was made there, mm-hmm. um, and then it was bought out by Foster's. So it might be that they're not making it anymore, um, and people are like, oh, I'd love that. I bought yeah. three bottles of it in 1982, and <laughs> can't believe they took it off the market. Um, who knows? And great to have a name after something fairly deadly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it's also the name of the, um, is it the South Australian Cricket Club. I think so. Oh yeah, the Red yeah. Well, yeah. that's a good, a good yeah, name as well. Yeah, you might die if you yeah. don't get who knows. <laughs> You'll die happy. Okay, so we've gone through half of your beers, and um, I was just, you've been open as a brew pub now for just over six months. Is that right? Yeah, Didn't probably just over six months. Yeah. And how's yep. it? How's it gone so far? Is it uh, exceeded your expectation? Or? Yeah, the pub. The pub has. Um, it's been great. Look, we've. Um, if you're looking at the taps now, I think we're half of them full. So six out of twelve. Um, we really haven't sort of been able to keep up. Um, with the brewing and, and with the sales out of here and also here, which, um, look, it, it does really well on the weekends. Um, mainly locals, which is great. Mm. Uh, it means that, you know, we're doing something right. They keep coming back. Uh, and we get um, the odd tourist here, and I think it'll um, grow as the summer goes on and as people realise where we are. And we're not very far off the uh, M11, so mm. it's, yeah, quite easy to get to if you're heading down to the coast, down uh, Moynton. Yeah, it's um, really convenient if you're either heading down yep. there or heading back. Yes, um, very convenient. Come yeah. by. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, look, the pub's done really well. Um, you know, it's been great. Um, and look, I'm I'm here limited times, but when I am, it's it's really great to chat to people and and see people enjoying the beers and getting feedback firsthand. That's that's special. Um, you know, we've only really just sort of started doing our own food, which is another challenge. But, um, you know, look, focusing on the beers and, and providing an atmosphere where people can enjoy, have fun. You started Stainton f- 
2013. Yes. Right? Yep. So um, I'd probably say what, what I want to find out what is your proudest moment so far? Has there been a moment where you kind of just took a little step back and were. No. <laughs> you, you just did say, I, I would imagine it's been fairly busy. But do, yeah. do you have any time to reflect and just. Um, it kind of feels like we've just started again. Um, so, you know, look, I probably did when we opened the doors here for the first time and had, uh, I think we had about 15 people coming in the Friday were open. Um, and then Saturday was quite busy and so was Sunday. It was probably over that weekend where it was um, like we jumped over a massive, massive hurdle. Um, the brewery started operating a couple of weeks later. Um, but, you know, opening up the doors and getting that over the line um, that's my old man there, my business partner, running around the background. <laughs> we had many beers. <laughs> we, it was like, oh, we got it happening. It was it was a mammoth uh, task. Um, and probably to follow on from maybe talking about your proudest moments and um, and reflecting was it what what was the beer that you made or the time when you were actually before you started the brewery? At what point did you think I can do this? Kind sure. Of, was it, was there a particular brew, or can you remember yep. a particular time where you were like, you know what, I this I can do this? Yeah, there was, um, and it was quite a few home brews in my home brewing um, days. I think it was about brew 116. Um, so it was a few, uh, probably about only two and a half years. I think it take me to sort of get to that stage. Um, I brewed a um, German style pilsner. And um, entered that in uh, Vic Brew, which is the amateur awards, and it did got third. And I was like, "Oh yeah, cool." If you get in the top three, it qualifies you to go through to the nationals. And um, that was a couple of weeks or a month later, and I'd sort of let it, um, well, cold condition a little bit for longer in the in the, in the fridge, and um, sent it off to that, and it got first place by quite some way. So mm. it won best pilsner in Australia in the amateurs, and um, it was probably then where I was like, "Oh yeah." Oh, well, if I could make a good pilsner, I could probably <laughs> could probably brew okay. Uh, and that was probably the first one where I really thought, yeah, I could probably do this. It was before I was a professional brewer, and I suppose when I went and worked at the James Squire Brew Pub in the city, uh, my first couple of brews won silver medals at the, the um, Australian International Beer Awards that year. Um, and I suppose the fact that, um, sorry, Chuck, but uh, the fact that the rest of the brewery only won bronze uh, <laughs> <laughs> that year. Uh, actually, I think they won four bronze and maybe one silver, and I got two silvers. That was that was a nice little boon. <laughs> I remember an email coming around going, yeah, we need to lift our weight. Dan's uh, got more than half of the silvers. So, um, yeah, that was that was a nice little thing. Not, not saying that um, Squires made... Um, Worse beer than what I made for them, but uh, well, that was just nice. Clearly, they did. <laughs> Don't sue me, Chuck. <laughs> uh, yep. So uh, that was that was a good one. So those two things, I suppose, were were good. And the the, yeah. uh, the job at James Squire did that come directly from your achievements in the Homebrew Awards, or not really? Um, it was more just um, doing doing sort of everything you need to do to, to be in the right place at the right time when an opportunity came and which is kind of what I did I'd been studying at Ballarat um, Federation Uni now um, the brewing course I was working in a homebrew shop um, and brewing a heap of beer and just chained everyone who came in and um, my third cousin just popped in one day on his way back up uh, north and he'd ordered some grain and um, he's like oh what do you 
what are you doing here, Dad? I haven't seen you in like 10 years. And I'm like, yeah, I haven't seen you in ages either. I'm like, what are you doing? And he's just like, oh, I'm, I'm brewing beer up at James Squire. And I'm like, what? And anyway, we sort of reconnected. And about two weeks later, he uh, Facebooked me and said, um, yeah, we actually need a brewer at James Squire in um, in the city in Melbourne. And my boss wants to chat to you, blah, blah, blah. And it sort of went from there and went through the 400 uh, uh, interviews and all that kind of crazy testing they do to allow you to work for Lion Nathan. And when I started working for them, I was like, yep, I think I had about five pints before my first day of training. So it was um, <laughs> uh, off the record. Oh, no. <laughs> no, look, it was um, a really good, really good company to work for, actually. And it was gave me a bit of insight into the whole um, craft versus not craft kind of thing. And, oh, you know, I've heard a lot of people saying that um, when creatures were bought out by by um, Lion, who are now owned by Kira, and it's not craft beer or whatever, it's not really Australians. That was hard for me to take because I was, well, I'm sixth or seventh generation Australian, and I was brewing beer for, yeah, someone who's owned overseas, but pretty sure all the beer I made was pretty Australian. And <laughs> it was just an interesting jump over that side of the fence, I suppose, and go, oh, yeah, look, it's, it's really, you know, it's, um, it was interesting um, to see that, and yeah. And then you moved to um, Wood Ends, is that right? Mm. Holgate. Yeah, I did. Um, so I was doing a little bit of um, casual work for, for those guys when I was at Squires. It was only a three-day-a-week gig. Um, and, yeah, I'd sort of moved out to Sunbury, so it was easy enough to get out to, um, to Wood End, and they sort of offered me some more time. And it was, believe it or not, it was a bigger crew and a uh, uh, they were packaging and just doing some more stuff, so it was a better opportunity to learn. Um, and, yeah, I moved on from Squires to there, and um, it was a pretty short stint. It was about nine months, um, and then some personal things happened. I moved back into the city, and I was driving out there. I was like, nah, this this kind of sucks, driving two hours a day. I love brewing, but yep. not that much. And, yeah. Um, yeah, I'd been chatting with the old man for some time about starting something. Um, done a lot of lot of research, um, as well as a fair bit of brewing. And he was like, "Well, look, it's probably a good time to start. I think we should start, you know, doing our own thing." And that's just sort of how it went. And um, yeah, somehow we found somewhere to brew and went from there. But what is there anything that you would would have done differently in hindsight? In, oh in the yeah. Process? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, Probably, probably would have uh, not built. Uh, we built the whole uh, back part of the the building there, um, and that probably elongated things by about nine months to twelve months. Mm. If we had bought somewhere, we could have moved straight in. Um, so that's that. That would have been a big one, mm. definitely. Um, yeah. That and probably spent less time setting it up too. Um, our, our brewer um, did most of it um, himself. Um, you know, we had a lot of contractors come in as well, but you know, he sort of um, did a fair bit of it really, um, and that just takes time. Um, probably would have had it set up and actually going in a much shorter amount of time. Would have, well, you know, we would have been a little bit further along from where we are. Anyway, okay. Well, uh, let's get into choice four. Um, I'm going to have to go with Creatures Pale Ale, Little Creatures. Um, it was probably the next one that came along quite a little bit later that it was really the first sort of big hop-driven beer. You know, I say big hop-driven beer. It was back then. Um, and still a good beer. Um, 
really probably the first American pale ale that I tasted um, that was fresh and, you know, had a lot of flavour and it was very sessionable. And, um, you know, that was that really became sort of my beer of choice. Um, you know, it was a bit more bitter than some of the other things. It was a great pale ale. And, um, yeah, look, I took that on and I just thought, look, I love this beer. Um, I'd love to make something similar to it, but probably just a bit beefier, um, a few more hops, um, and maybe maybe a little bit of different malt. And really, that beer was what inspired our red uh, rye, um, our red eye rye. Uh, you know, it's a little bit different. It's got ten percent rye in it. It's got a few different hops and a little bit more malt. Um, but that was sort of the idea. I wanted to make a creatures pale ale, just that was beefed up a bit, so it came became a red ale. Um, and yeah, had a few more hops. So yeah, that was that was a very influential beer for me. And uh, Lion Nathan as well. It was no. Lion Nathan, yeah, yeah. Not well, then though, not when. No, you I don't think it was then. No, I no. oh, was two thousand and oh, geez, two thousand and eleven or twelve. I can't remember when it was yep. when I was working at James Squire, but yeah, pretty sure it wasn't. Um, didn't have anything to do with creatures at that point in time. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Um, and choice five. Choice five. I'm trying to think of something really, really cool and big and hoppy, but um, I, I can't. Um, probably um, Sam Smith's uh, Russian Imperial Stout. Um, that was probably the first stout that I really, really loved, and probably my first Russian Imperial Stout. Um, it was a. I'm not entirely sure what it tastes like now, but it was just a really big, well balanced. Um, sexy beer and uh, I just remember having that going yeah look that's just it's tight you know it's it's not too boozy it's not you know not too chocolatey or burnt or whatever it was just a really well balanced um, beer that you know got me excited um, to try to make something like that which I haven't really made a big stout yet but um, yeah on on the cards I'm sure yeah look forward mm. to it um, you can hear the, the banging in the I don't know it's just yeah, just banging, banging a wall for show. <laughs> so, um, in terms of the, you say you get a lot of locals through the door. How much uh, is is this beer education happening? Is there, are people walking in and and they know exactly what they want? They've seen you before, or is there a, a percentage of people who you have to really um, hold a hand and talk them through? Sure. Um, yeah. Look, what we find is. Um, most people are very curious and don't really have a lot of an idea if, if they haven't been in before. Um, you know, if, they, if they're just coming down because they are local, they might not have heard of craft beer or, or had a lot to do with it. And that, that's great for us and for them because we can sort of chat to them about different styles. And I generally taste a paddle or two. Um, and we're happy to, you know, to walk them through and chat to them about it. Um, and then, you know, you get your serious guys that come in. Um, who know what they want, and you know they haven't tried the latest rendition of the Insane Uncle IPA or whatever it is. They just want to drink the freshest thing. So, look, there's a mixture, but mainly it's um, um, a lot of locals who just want something that isn't your commercial brew, and they're they're really happy with um, you know having something local and fresh, and happy to get behind us. And they quickly develop their favourites. Um, our Chuck Orange um, Porter, uh, which we only did one batch of. People keep asking about it, even now in summer. So uh, we might have to bring that one back. Um, yeah. So, you know, look, uh, yeah, they quickly develop their favourites, um, which is good. 
And it sounds that like you're getting a, quite a bit of loyalty from local community, despite the fact, I suppose, that a lot of the local places will be offering kind of, you know, six, eight dollar pints and, and things like that. But look, what people are really looking for um, and, and what keeps them coming back is it's a great environment. Um, mm. You know, we have really friendly, um, highly professional staff in here. Um, and, you know, the, I, I suppose it, it is different. You know, we, we do have flavoursome beers uh, you know we've got generally a couple on that are probably more approachable easier to sort of start on um, but yeah look I, I really think the environment um, and the story um, really helps get people in here um, and you know they, they feel comfy hanging around and and I can't believe the cricket's not on today the cricket's normally on um, so you know that'd get me hanging around yeah uh, actually when I came in on that Saturday it was a really relaxed environment it was maybe sort of half one two o'clock in the afternoon and there was pl plenty of people in the bar and uh, you got a nice little outdoor area as well so uh, people just seemed yeah really chilled out and um yeah in including your staff maybe you know uh, yep. i don't know if that's a good thing is that a good if they're really chilled out really chill maybe <laughs> not as chilled out i'll have a word they're very friendly and, and as you say it seemed very professional so um oh that's good and look you know i think one thing that we uh we definitely need to spend a bit more time on is is running running the tours um and having probably some better tasting notes and just you know the, the place is pretty well decked out but we've got a lot of work to do you know we sort of go up and running and then we caught our feet and Hopefully Jan's a good time for us to get a little bit more education around the place and, and make it a real hub that, you know, if people want to come and just relax and have beer, they can do that. But if they really want to learn out something about making beer um, you know, or about the process or about the story, you know, that's available for them too. And I think that's probably, um, you know, that that'd definitely get me coming down from the sea to, to do a little bit of a tour and maybe taste something out of the tank or out of the barrel. So that'd, be, that'd, that'd interest me as a beer nerd myself. Yeah, definitely. Um so we're on to your final choice, Dan. Ooh. Choice six. Jeez. Um, the first choice I think is easier because you've still got five to use up yeah. when you get to the last one. Yep, look, I'm going to go out here and say um, a recent beer from an Australian brewery that's really inspired me. It's uh, a Pirate Life Pale Ale. Um, to me, just an outstandingly made, consistent beer. You know, to get a beer that's. I think I might have had one that maybe wasn't a thousand percent fresh, and I've had a lot um, to, to bring out a beer like that in the last couple of years um, and to really nail it. Um, you know, and they talk about world class beer, and, and that one is to me. Um, to bring that out with great packaging and consistent, awesome flavour, and to get it everywhere. You know, that's something that, that re we really want to sort of um, emulate to a certain extent, so much so that we actually use the same design, and you can probably tell with our, with our recent <laughs> stuff. That wasn't my idea. But, um, <laughs> and look, they're just such great blokes as well um, and just do a, an outstanding job. So for me to have a great product and then have an amazing company and people behind it, it really inspires me and gives me great hope for the industry. It's just like, wow, that's awesome. So hats off to those guys. Yeah, they're and out they're out of South Australia, is that right? Yeah, out of like South Australia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. So, um, and they've taken out quite a number of awards as well, I think. They have, deservedly so, yeah. I think they got into the Gabs 100 last year. Yeah, so I think they took out three of the top five yeah. or top ten in Gabs they hadn't been around very long, so... Yeah, that was year number one, maybe. Yeah. Um, or they'd been in for a year. They did that, and I'm pretty sure they won... 
um, at AIBA and maybe CBA as well. So they're definitely, definitely racking up the gongs and, um, you know, they deserve it um, for a number of reasons. Too. Look, fortunately, you don't always get... Um, Oh, it's a bit noisy. Unfortunately, <laughs> you don't always get awards for running a, a good business or, um, you know, making consistently good beer and getting everywhere. But, you know, if there are ones who are having a great business, you know, I think they do really well with that too. So that's uh, that's the boring one that no beer, beer people want to hear about. <laughs> Give me the beer! <laughs> <laughs> now, Dan, there's two more things um, to choose, which is one is the ultimate beer snack to accompany your six beers. Pizza. And done. What type of pizza? Eddie, any good pizza? <laughs> um, go to go to Il Burrificio in Camberwell on Burwood Road. Any of their pizzas, great beer selection. They're just all good. Easy done. Yeah. And the other one is um, the receptacle that you're going to drink them out of. Have you got a particular can. glass or no? Just straight out of the can. Just out of a can. You, Come on. So if they if they came in a bottle, you pour it into a can. And I definitely pour it. In, <laughs> in fact, anything on tap, I pour into a can as well. <laughs> Um, just because I like the uh, the feel of it in my uh, mouth. Um, yeah, look, generally, if I'm not drinking out of a can, um, just depends. Um, I've got a really awesome CBIA glass. Um, and before that, there's um, the Samuel Adams uh, glass that's really, really extremely unique looking, but it kind of channels all the aromas up in your nose. So, you know, if I had to drink out of one thing for the rest of my life, it would probably be that one. Wow. Um, yeah. Excellent. Or a can. Well, Dan, it's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, thanks for making the time and Thank you, uh, being in your beautiful brew pub with, uh, I think, uh, some sort of. I think they're actually. It's not a delivery. I thought it'd be a delivery. They're actually taking your wheelie bins. They away. are taking your rubbish. Yeah, away, taking yeah. the rubbish. Uh-huh. So, uh, yeah, which is um, essential. <laughs> so, it's handy. Yep. So, um, so it's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks very much for talking us through your chosen brew. Um, My pleasure. And. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't. I need to find a better way to sign this off. <laughs> Should practice uh, beers away or something like that. Beers away, beers away. Yeah, don't use that. That sounds lame. I'm sure you've got <laughs> something good. <laughs> thanks, Dan. All right, thanks, Eddie. Bye. So that was it. Dan Dainton from Dainton Family Brewery. You, I'm sure you will be seeing Dainton brews appearing more and more across Australia as time goes on. But if you do have a chance, pop into the brewery in Caram Downs, just off the M11. So it's perfect if you're travelling down towards the Mornington Peninsula or on your way back into Melbourne. Having a little chat off mic, Dan was talking about extending the opening hours and also getting a function room ready and expanding the food on offer as well at the brewery. So really exciting times for Dainton Family Brewery. So, Hope you enjoyed that episode. I'm really looking forward to the next one. I've actually got a few in the pipeline because it's been the holidays. It's been a bit hard to tee up the interviews, so I'm not sure which one I'm going to get around to first. But if you subscribe, do that now if you haven't already. And if you give it a five-star review, do that now if you haven't already. And also keep a watch on Facebook and Twitter at The Chosen Brew. I'll tell you who it is. So I'm really looking forward to speaking to you next time. Take care. I'll see you soon.